Welcome to the Touching Into Presence podcast. This podcast is for people who are interested in bodywork, empowerment, and somatic-based practices. I am Nikki Olson. I'm Andrew Rosenstock. We are certified rolfers. Collectively, we're trained in various movement and bodywork therapies with an emphasis on somatic awareness and client resilience. Through conversations, our goal is to share and explore mind-body paradigms to offer empowerment possibilities. It was such a pleasure to be in conversation today with Dr. Kirsty Segarra. Kirsty is a doctor of integrative medicine and a structural integrator in Taos, New Mexico. She's been practicing in the healing arts since 1996. She began her inquiry to study of the integration of the arts and spiritual practice in her master's degree in whole system design, focusing on second-order biological systems at Antioch University, Seattle, in the mid-1990s. In effect, how to create change in biological systems. She studied a traditional form of body work in Bali, then went on to get her massage therapy license to practice, which led her to study anatomy trains, structural integration with Peter Ehlers through KMI. She focused her doctorate thesis on structural integration series protocol and treatment of fibromyalgia. She's been a full-time faculty at the University of New Mexico Taos since 2007, where she taught and served as Chair of Integrative Health and Medical Massage, Holistic Healing Arts, created the Medical Massage, Yoga Teacher Training, and Structural Integration Programs. In today's conversation, we spoke about the School of SI at Taos, which Kirsty helped to start, Kirsty's path to SI and starting the school, bridging ideologies across SI schools, what her school is offering, being a university program, and more. So with that, let's begin our talk. Hi. Hi. It's exciting to meet you and um, very happy for um, your colleague to, you know, push this introduction. And um, yeah, I, I know of your, the you know, the program that you guys are a part of, but really don't know much of it. So a big thing of Andrew and I's, you know, goal with the podcast is to shine light on the different different schools and way the work is being presented. You know, we both are, you know, Rolfers from the Dr. Ida Rolf Institute, but mm-hmm. we also really appreciate learning um, what, what else is out there because, you know, I feel like we both kind of come from the idea that different learners are, you know, attracted to different styles of the way the work is being taught and that, you know, overall is to, you know, it's good for us because we're still a relatively small population profession. And it would, mm-hmm. you know, it's great to be able to, to bring more exposure out in the world of, you know, the, the great wonders of structural integration. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Well, we're both really, um, Excited to to be in talk with you, and also how um, what I've really enjoyed is how the evolution of this call has been very um, organic and flowing. And when that happens, I uh, something about that I my nervous system really enjoys. So I'm excited to mm-hmm. sort of see where does this process continue. Uh, and what's great is one of the things Nikki and I have talked about, uh, and we actually were in the EIC Journal, and we'll be in the Rolf Journal 
the next Rolf Journal. Nikki, you don't know that, but we'll be in the next Rolf Journal with our, our article. It's about sort of how, how this podcast partly has been about bridging the community. And as we hear it, your program essentially is that in a program. Um, so it'd be cool to kind of hear about uh, you and how that came to be and, and what your views are of, uh, I guess, of SI and or other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I would just say that uh, I didn't really know what rolfing was or structural integration, I would say, until I got exposed to uh, Tom Meyer's work with anatomy trains in around 2004 or five. Um, I was already um, a holistic practitioner, a body worker. I trained in um, Indonesia, in Bali with traditional shamans, basically, and did a very, that type of work. And it's very interesting. I, I was thinking about it because I grew up in Seattle and I, I lived on Capitol Hill and somebody mentioned, oh, I'm going to go get Rolfed or a couple of times. I remember hearing it, but I never asked, what is that? And I was like, what is that? Because I never said it's a type of body work. And I, so I, I thought it skewed me. I mean, to be honest, like it was some kind of weird sexual practice because of the area I grew up in. <laughs> I mean, and you know, so to say somebody got Rolfed is not common. Like you don't, if you're not exposed to it, you don't know what that means. And that's what I do like about the term structural integration, because it gets you thinking in a different way. Um, I did graduate school in Seattle with Antioch in a program called Whole Systems Design. And my, my, my thesis was an integrative living through the arts and spiritual practice, but it was from second order cybernetics, um, biological systems. So it was a systems approach. So when I came across structural integration, I was like, whoa, this is a complete perfect fit. Because I, in the end of my thesis, I said, I'm going to go get my massage license. So I have the ability to touch people to create freedom in the, in the body. And that was actually my intention. And it's too bad I didn't run into rolfing and structural integration sooner. It could have helped me a lot in those early years, but it took the time it did. So, um, and then I moved to Taos, New Mexico in 1998 and uh, built a house, you know, raised my, had my daughter and was raising my daughter here. And I started working at the University of New Mexico in Taos for holistic healing arts program. And then started a medical massage program in 2007. And then um, started a yoga teacher training program in 2011. And then it just kind of after having already created programs through the university, um, I was in a training with Jill Gerber, one of our faculty, Peter Ehlers, who's one of, he's my, one of my primary teachers in SI. And then um, just kind of got the download, we should create a program here in structural integration and reached out to IASI and started the conversation with them. What, do, what does it take? What are the steps? And Peter Ehlers is from, uh, he taught for Tom Myers for over 10 years, but he also taught here in Santa Fe for a long time in a connective tissue-based program through Santa Fe School of Massage. So he trained a lot of 
massage therapist in New Mexico. And, you know, so that, that, and he studied with like Ed Mopin and Jan Sultan and a whole bunch of others as well. So, and then Jill, of course, is um, from Derry um, from, oh gosh, the early nineties, I think is when she graduated. It's been a long time. (laughs) And then David Davis got um, referred or I got referred to David Davis by Tom Robinson and, um, and David and I just hit it off when we started talking. So, and he was willing to come in as a faculty because he's very familiar with Taos. He has a long history with the Taos Pueblo and the people here. So it made sense. And so we had the guild, we had KMI or anatomy trains now and um, the Rolf Institute as a background. And then I did the independent pathway. I started with KMI, but I didn't graduate with them. Um, I really needed to get my doctorate. So I found a doctorate program that would let me test the SI protocol um, under the umbrella of integrative medicine. So that's how I did that and completed my doctorate and presented at the Fascial Congress in 2015, completed the doctorate in 2014. So that was how I kind of, and then I did a lot of, you know, continuing ed and a lot of training under a lot of Rolf faculty. And so I have, that's where my background, that's how I got in. So that makes sense. Yeah. Quick, quick question. And this is more, I guess, for, um, Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe under, understanding it is another word, but uh, as I understand, Dave Dave Davis was a teacher at the Guild, right? Yeah, he was a teacher yeah. at the Guild for a long time. Um, he also TA'd with uh, Peter Melchior for years, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, right. 12, 15 plus, I mean, an eternity, seems like. Um, he also TA'd with um, Emmett Hutchins. So he really has uh, a lovely way of um, transmitting both Peter and Emmett in different ways, but I would say he's more of that soft, broad elephant paw touch that Peter brings. I would say David's like has that too. And he's very, I would call him Zen, Hmm. you know, super present, doesn't have an agenda, just really able to come in and just do this very spacious type of work. Um, you don't learn anything by seeing it though. I mean, like you see it, if you haven't felt it, you're kind of like what's going on. (laughs) But Mm. then when you feel it, you realize, Oh, there's a whole bunch happening in between those hands. (laughs) Right. So it's very, it's very magical and um, beautiful. Just this presence that he brings. The reason, the reason I asked more was to sort of to highlight more that you have, you have him and you have, uh, uh, uh is it Peter, a- uh, Ehlers? What's Ehlers? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Peter Ehlers. So you have these, yeah. you have the, you have the two of them who were teachers at SI, uh, uh SI schools. Right? And so just to kind of highlight that you yeah. do have two, um, uh, so whereas the other schools don't have teachers, you have, you have influence, but you actually still do have teachers from, from anatomy trains and from the guild in there. So just to, yeah. 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 Yeah, well, and and Jill taught at the Rolf Institute as well okay. for a little bit, but she doesn't now. And Peter isn't teaching anymore because he can't; he's not able to travel because mm-hmm. of family restrictions. But so he's not teaching for Tom anymore. But I'm sure Tom would love him to come back and teach. <laughs> 
you know, mm-hmm. you know, Tom, Tom and Peter are very good friends. So yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. interesting. It's, it's fun. It's really fun. I mean, there's like a deep love we have for each other that I, I in respect and, um, it's so lovely to have this like ongoing inquiry of like, what is SI? Where is it going? Where are we now with the work? Um, you know, we spend hours on zoom <laughs> talking to each other in our meetings and would, yeah, the, just a deep reverence between all of us, which I really enjoy. And, um, we're really interested in evolving the work. I mean, where did Dr. Ida Rolf want it to go? Like if she was still with us, I don't think it would be the same. I think, you know, we know so much more about connective tissue, fascia. Um, well, that, that I mean, that's, a, there's, and again, I get stuck in semantics a lot and I apologize, but I think there's a, a key thing you said is like, where would Ida Rolf want it? And my part of me says, well, does it matter where she would want it? Because mm. it's evolved in this way and, and not to throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. Um, yeah. But there is like, there is this aspect of also being saying like, oh, we have to, we have to stick to the, to the gospel of Ida Rolf, which is like, yes, I mean, thank, thank, thank. Thank you, Dr. All, for what you've done. And like the world has changed. And first of all, what she would have wanted if she was still alive, what she would have wanted in 1970, would that be the same as what she would want in 2000? You know? Um, Yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to articulate. Um, I do say things backwards and inverted a little bit, but I don't think the work would be the same because she was very educated and she would have evolved. It's like a quantum leap, right? Because to me, she's still here in spirit. Like she still has a presence in the work. And I think it's, so to take her out of it completely wouldn't work for me. I mean, it's, it's, she has a presence, but so does everybody else that I've evolved with, that I've evolved with all all my teachers, like Jonathan Martin, Ron Murray, you know, Tom Myers, Peter, Jill. I mean, they're my teachers too, David. I mean, and Caroline Neeson's. I'm just, you know, thinking about some Mary Bond who I've done a lot of classes with. I mean, I'm so grateful for their um, relationship with me and their genuine care and guidance. And um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be who I am without them. You know, it's mutually beneficial <laughs> to have that kind of relationship with people and SI special that way, you know, that we're in relationship. Yeah. It's not just about getting a massage, right? <laughs> I mean, tell that to my clients at first, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> well, I think too, I, I mean, Ida did, you know, she was much older when she really was able to bring this work to the greater population and in all the, her original literature it does say that her wish would be that structural integration did encompass not only just the structural work which is mostly known for the actual hands-on part the little bit a little bit of the movement component started to be birthed and then the whole you know, psychology, you now we would call biopsycho psychology of it all. Um, so I think we're, that's, that's 
of the pioneers, if that's what we're going to call it, going forward is trying to bridge all those ideas that Ida had for the work. But, you know, she was much older and their time ran out. And, and yeah, and now with, you know, since her passing, there's been so much more research that's available for what we're actually doing and gives more support than, you know, what you're just saying with David Davis. Like, I'm, it's always so fun because I've been, um, I've taught at the Rolf Institute and I've also been a teacher assistant to some Asian practitioners. And it's always kind of interesting, especially with the big paw hands that are just kind of looking like they're not really doing anything, but they're doing so much. How do you teach that? Because that's, you know, <laughs> that's not like technique. Okay. Okay. You felt this and then that's what that means. And now you're going to do this protocol. So I'm curious of how you're, how you're teaching and what, what, so you said that your school and most schools that were all more similar than different, but then there's still a little bit of differentiation to to be, to be had, or why wouldn't, why would you want to start a different school? So what would be your point of differentiation? Do you think? That's a good question. Um, I think we're trying to integrate from the different backgrounds in the different schools and bring them under one umbrella. That would be maybe the, the major distinction. And you know, it is interesting to explore, like, how does anatomy trains, which is a 12 series overlay with the 10 series, like, where do you bring in the spiral line? Um, that's a piece. Um, one of the strengths of anatomy trains is Tom spends, goes back to the feet quite a bit. So getting a lot of grounding in the footwork, but one of the beautiful things about the big paw artful kind of jazzy creative guild approach is what I, you know, my senses and also that deep listening that, um, that brings is also offers a lot. Um, yeah. Interesting. I mean, this evolved organically, honestly, and just to respond, like Andrew was talking about like the organic process earlier, we all, did a lot of trainings together um, under our Ron Murray is one person who's a Rolford and also Canadian manual osteopath. Um, so we're, we're spend a lot of time working under that kind of osteopathic uh, principles and how to apply them in the work as structural integrators. And what does that look like? How does that work? How to stay within that framework and we definitely teach that to our students because that's a big part of how we all practice. Um, also, Peter Ehlers is a certified instructor under Baral and is a specialist in neural. So we also teach a lot of neural work as well. And all of us are trained in cranial sacral work, um, some under the biodynamic school, some under the osteopathic lineage. So that also comes in. I mean, it can't not, not come in, right? if that makes sense, that how we practice is what we teach now because of what we know 
and what we've learned and what we don't know. Cause really, honestly, the body is so amazing and there's, it's so interesting and we're always learning more. We're always continuing studying. I mean, I did, I did like two hours of uh, motor neuron lectures last night just to up my, haven't looked at motor neurons in a long time. And I just wanted to revamp, you know, how they work and how they, what, how they associate with, um, viruses. So. Yeah. And uh, just, for, um, for to not upset any biodynamic people out there, biodynamics does also have its roots in osteopathic. So I, I think, and it might just be more semantic, yeah. but the, the, the bio, I'm assuming you mean like more of the biomechanic being the quote unquote, what you refer to as the osteopathic. Uh, I'm presuming that, or, or maybe not. I just well, don't you can't say that. Yeah, you can't say that you practice cranial osteopathy unless you're an osteopath. I got you. I got you. So, I got, yeah, I, got, I understand yeah. now. So, so just for... stay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So totally. Yeah. So as SIRs, we can say we do cranial sacral, or we can say that we do by if we trade under the biodynamic trademark because they have their own trademark. You can say you can use that. Yeah. Well, all right. And then, well, I, I guess I was thinking more like uh, there's the the, the uh, upledger school and other biomechanical models, which are different than cranial, uh, cranial osteopathy or um, whatever they, all right, whatever. It gets into sort of really yeah. small semantics of egos and pissing contests. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I was just trying to be clear. It's like, you know, we can't, you can only be an osteopath if you're trained in osteopathy, but as an osteopath, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we are osteopath osteopathic light right osteopathy light mm -hmm. a little bit i mean that's the joke in the field but i think once you've been practicing si for a long time and you've done a lot of trainings you bump into these issues right mm -hmm. i mean yeah. i i kind of joke that i want the the little crown that says i can be an osteopath but I, I i don't get it i don't get to have that you know there's <laughs> still time lovely yeah, I can still I can still uh, quit my job and close my practice and go to start all over. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure but, also like, mean, if you if if you went and studied that, you're you're also gonna my guess is bump against like they're gonna give some model and you're gonna be like, well, but my model of integrative health actually has a very different way and and like I appreciate <laughs> that and like meh, you know, yeah, yeah, that's I think one of the issues. The more we study. And I think that probably ties in a bit. Like I'm, I'm really curious how, and we might not be able to get into it and that might just be like a, a way of come take a class, but I'm, I'm still curious, like how do, cause so these, um, the three main schools that I'm, I'm hearing us talk about and, and are the, the, the guild, the Institute and anatomy trench. And there are other schools, but these are yeah. the sort of the three main influences here all do have similarities and all do have differences um, and, and neither, neither good nor bad, just different. Uh, and how, like how that, how do you find that you're able to, um, to bridge or to mix or, or another word is, to, um, like what happens when the, the anatomy trains view meets the, the guild of overall review. And there's, a, there's, there's no bridge or there's an overlap or there's heads budding. How is it that you, you work with that? Well, I would say anatomy, right? I mean, not to quote A.T. Stills, but, you know, what do you need to study? Anatomy. And then what do you need to study again? Anatomy. And then what do you need to study? Anatomy. 
So we're bridging through the anatomical application of the work. I mean, that is, and also the listening. I think if, if you think about one of the things that I see time and time again with a lot of structural integrators is that they're really good at listening, like on many levels. So the ones I run into, I mean, compared to the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, I think like everything, it, it depends, um, <laughs> depends. Um, yeah. But I hear, I mean, I, I hear, I, I do hear you on that. I'm, I'm half like thinking of, um, of myself at a younger age uh, and also other like, you know, one of the things, one of the reasons Rolfers or SI is, but let's say Rolfers are, are known uh, there can be a lot of ego in this field and ego gets mm-hmm. in the way of listening. Um, yeah. Ego gets in the way of listening uh, in my experience, uh, both personally and in relation to others. But yeah. but yeah. I'm curious about that because I find that sometimes when ego gets put right out front as an issue with a, another person, um, I, I don't always run into it the same way as others do with like somebody might mention somebody, oh, well, they have a lot of ego and I'll go, well, that's interesting. That wasn't in my experience. So I, I think there is something about maybe our own ego that gets ruffled a little with sure, that. Sure, a, a reflection of it. Of it out. Yeah, or, uh, or part of it, and this might be a continuation of the ego, but I would say uh, our nervous system uh, of a, a response of uh, a perception of something is they're reacting and they're reacting from a certain way that we're perceiving to be the, the reason why. And then we're responding to that. Um, and there can be, and this will kind of relate into the call we had earlier this week with Karen McCose, or there can be also a place underneath, and this might bridge more into the biodynamic model of a resonance uh, before before thought that's being labeled as ego is being labeled as really insecurity um, because ego generally shows up through insecurity. I'm insecure. I need to present as something in the world, uh, at least that version of ego. Uh, and so something at the level of nervous system may be residing that basically says, I don't feel comfortable <laughs> within this and not that any of it's actually true. It's just a response of, of uh, nervous system to nervous system, phenomena to phenomena. I don't know if that, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense to me. I mean, I remember my favorite, one of my favorite books in the twenties was Alan Watts, the wisdom of insecurity. And I remember that I just laughed all the way through it because it resonated so much with me and just surrendering to that. There's, there's a, a lovely freedom like, Oh, I'm just a little insecure. <laughs> mm. Maybe I yeah. can embrace that with like my heart and love and just, you know, process that. Yeah. And I, I, I do, I want to highlight something you said earlier, just as a, 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 when you mentioned how you, you speak sort of backwards or in triangles and I'm very much the same way. So I really uh, appreciate you naming that. Uh, and, uh, and I'm sort of similar where a lot of times I think I, I will say something, but what I'm actually intending is completely different. And it just takes that parsing back and forth and back and forth, uh, which some people don't enjoy, but I find really rich as a way of getting to, well, what actually am I trying to say uh, with, within that? Well, this ego discussion has been great and I'm going to use it to kind of bring, bring us back. So ego, as we all know, kind of what, however we wanted to find it, 
was part of the original split of the Rolf Institute and how now we went from this precious institute to now all these multiple schools. And then that is where we where kind of the theme of our podcast is, okay, let's put aside ego. Let's put aside hurt feelings and appreciate how different branches, schools have come out of um, the greater work of structural integration. And um, coming back to Christy is with your, with your program, you had mentioned the email um, that you teach things very similar that you you teach the 10 series. Curious. I, I would love to know just again, for our audience of most people are practitioners, but then there's also some people who are curious about the work and curious of the different schools and what school would resonate for them. You mentioned the 10 series or this a series. The Rolf Institute has kind of the classic 10. KMI has what, 15, 13, something like that? 12. 12. And then, um, and then you mentioned principles. I would love to hear what your principles are because I know the um, Dr. Ida Rolf Institute has theirs. We had an interview with Tom Myers. His sound very similar to what Dr. Ida Rolf's institutes are. What are your principles that you teach? Sure. sure. And I, I and would sorry, just say and that, um, if you could tell us a little bit of like your, the series that you teach. Okay. Um, uh, so I'll just say, um, my name is Scottish, so it's Kirsty or Kirsty. Oh, so sorry, thank you. Or for the yeah, you got to say it with a Scottish flair. Um, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the ten. Uh, so our principles, we we met actually when we were up in Colorado Springs doing some dissection labs together, and came up with our our principles. And it, the acronym happens to be Hairs. So it's holism. Um, adaptation, integration, resonance, and support. And those are our five principles for teaching structural integration. So not exactly like the Rolf Institute, but uh, at Derry, but um, there's some overlap, but those are the ones that we chose. And I think it really, um, we also aligned the principles with each of the hours. So like hour one, and and we have our, our principles that we teach through that within the series. Um, one of, we do teach technique obviously in anatomy, but what we say is we're principled bulls based. So we're not necessarily teaching technique. I, I know that's like kind of a oxymoron, right? But, um, and our program is designed for people who do have a similar to KMI in the sense that People are already licensed massage therapists, so they already have some kind of chunk of training or they have a background in like movement therapy and they can come in from like a yoga, Pilates, Feldenkrais, if they're more movement-based or gyrokinesis, whatever their training is, we work with them. So we're One not- One second, I'm curious um, if they come from a more movement background, do you offer a- um, a, pro- a program where they're actually learning how to touch therapeutically or are they just kind of diving into it? They, like, they, um, the ones that are coming from just movement came and studied with me last year. Um, 
in cranial sacral and also um, some in some of my massage classes that I teach in to get some palpation first. So we just kind of use the platform we have at the university. And um, I also have a a movement class that we prefer that people take before they even come in, but we don't require it depending on the person's background, if that makes sense. So it gets them into some preparation before day one. It does a a little bit because I'm I'm multi uh, modality trained in both yeah. body work and movement. And, um, and with the class that I taught at the Dr. Ida Rolf Institute was skillful touch and teaching people who do not have any body work experience, how to, to touch therapeutically. And it's, it's a pretty, it's a six weeks, pretty intense, uh, program. And I find that that's very important to really home in on those skills and to be able to touch and spend time, not only to really feel the touch therapeutically and to know how to really make contact with the client, but then to have, you know, palpation certainty of where you are, what you're touching and the layers and what you can actually do. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that's how we also teach in our massage program too. It's always been based on skillful touch and layering. And that's a really important piece. So depending the challenge I'm going to say is that it depends where people come from different training backgrounds, right? So we're, we're kind of a experiment that way that you get people from different backgrounds and then, and some of the people that are coming have been practicing for 25, 30 years already. And some have only been practicing for five years. So we have like a, a wide, wide variety, I would say, of learners that are coming in. And our job is to keep it with the structural integration hat, to keep it under the 10 series, to keep it under the lineage. I mean, that's our job is to transmit that knowledge and within the 10. So even though we all have backgrounds from, some of us have backgrounds from um, Tom Meyer's group, we're still staying within the 10 framework. We're not teaching a different type of series. So, you know, we're mapping it back to that. And that's important. And that is actually interesting because that's IOS's requirement for all the schools, we all have to jump through the same hoops in creating our curriculum to get approved now. And they've done a big revamp in the last two years with the school committee to have some real clear um, markers and guidelines about what people can and cannot teach or what they should be teaching to meet. But, you know, so does that help Nikki? It does. I just wanted to help anybody listening. What would be realistic for them if if yeah. they do not have a hands-on practice, would they be able to get that going to your program? Because you had mentioned, you know, I'm gyrotonic, gyrokinesis trained, Pilates trained. While there's great hands-on uh touch and skills with doing that work, it's very, very different than actually moving fascia and working with the tissue. So I just wanted to clarify that what's really a realistic expectation of a learner 
who would want to come to your school, where, where really is the appropriate hands-on skill that they need to have to be able to thrive in your program and not feel lost and overwhelmed right. um, by working with somebody who then does have 20 something experience or five, you know, even yeah. a year experience of actually working on bodies and tissue partially clothed versus a, you know, clothed modality. They're very, very different. Yeah. I, I would say that one, of, so one of the, the challenges of being within the university is you have to write curriculum in such a way that you're building on other programs. Um, it's considered, so our SI program is considered an advanced training on the university platform. That's one of the re- ways I was able to jump through some of the committees and the hoops. It took me um, over two years of meetings and writing curriculum and approvals to get the program approved all the way up to the top within the University of New Mexico. And I, I had lots of support and I'm really grateful for that. But getting a program approved under uh, an academic institution is very different than a private school. Um, we have certain uh, metrics, let's say, that we have to meet um, and that we have to also show demand for SI as a career. We have to demonstrate that also they, they love it when stuff is showing advancement so we used our LMT and yoga teacher training program as the foundation of what we're building SI on, which so it, that is different than the other schools where somebody can come in and not have a background. We actually have prerequisites and um, you already have to have your anatomy, your uh, pre-med anatomy or a massage anatomy training. You have to meet the ethics requirements. You have to meet some basic movement requirements too, before you can even start our program because it's only 510 hours. So we have the 300 that are, you know, just under 300 hours that are required for people before they show up. If somebody doesn't have something, when I review their transcripts and we're looking at whether or not they meet the guidelines, um, I get back to them and say, look, we want, would like to work with you, but I need you to take all this, these other classes first. So we work with them individually and tailor it to make sure that they're ready for um, our first week. Um, And the other thing that's different is that we don't run our program every year. We're running it every other year so we can have time off as faculty. (laughs) Um, So I just want to also say that we don't have like a giant. Well, I think that's sort of nice as well. It becomes a little less of a farm. Um, yes, which is uh, one of the complaints within some people within certain schools is it's just like we're just pushing practitioners out as opposed to like educating. It's like get get the next ones in and just keep pushing and pushing because that, that validates us. And as opposed to, well, let's let's really enrich the program. Thank you for that, Andrew. I, you know, and that's, we're not trying to just crank out a whole bunch of graduates. Um, I think for me, this is more about service. It's about access because we're a public institution, um, access to people of all backgrounds. New Mexico is not a uh, financially abundant state. Um, the people that live here have a different um 
different needs than other states. And so our program's really designed to meet the needs of the people that live in New Mexico. And so we're publicly funded. The taxes we pay in New Mexico help reduce the tuition costs as a publicly funded institution. So you, you'll see, like, if you looked at the catalog, it, you know, some people might drop their draws when they see the cost, but it's for New Mexicans. It's for people who live here. That's the whole idea. And that's, we're not going to be turning out high numbers. We're more interested in, um, I think as faculty, we just, we really want to pass on the knowledge and have more um, structural integrators practicing in New Mexico. And our first cohort graduated a year ago. And so we had 15 practitioners, a couple of them moved and, you know, one moved up to Montana, which is great. And he's got a thriving practice. Like within two months, he was thriving full, which is amazing that somebody can do that. And a couple of them are still wandering around a little bit, but, you know, finding their roots where they want to plant them. But otherwise, I think it's great because Jill, Peter and David and I, we don't need more clients. You know, we, we need people to refer to. That's what's important. We need more hands-on practitioners in the field here working. I mean, that's really important. So hopefully that helps a little bit. So you may be the next uh, hot spot. Boulder, Boulder being the SI hotspot <laughs> with all the, <laughs> the Dr. Ida Rolf graduates, you know, old timey guild graduates. So let me I'll say get back on track, not that there is a track, <laughs> to say, how do you try to find the right way to word this? Like, wh- wh- where is it that you see, you know, SI moving or where is it you see your school in relation to SI moving? And there's a, there's a third question that part of me wants to ask and a part of me says it might be too much and maybe I'll just edit it out, um, which is sort of how would your school define SI? But that might be uh, too pokey. And so if that is, I don't want to have it there. Oh, you know, I think in our catalog, we kind of quoted David Davis's article around structural integration um, when he talks about that and kind of just stayed with that, quoting from the article. But yeah, I think that's almost a question for each of the individual faculty, right? Because that's, you know, we have the definitions by IASI, right? That's where we we stay, let's say, and, and we source back to. But what is SI maybe for me as a personal, on a personal level, might be yeah. quite... Yeah. And I, I guess that right. I'm hearing this from like two ways. There's a part of me that's like, yes, totally. It's totally so personal. And there's a part of me that's like, but you're an institution and you have to define things to create this sort of box. And so like, I'm torn in this place of like, and this is, this is a global thing in my life of like, how do you have uh, the definitions when the definitions themselves are such a personal, unique experience yet also needed to to describe. So your answer in itself could totally be fine. And you're welcome to like go more because you are representing. Right. As an institution, we basically say we're teaching the 10 series of Dr. Ida Rolf. That's, you know, and we're teaching the principles and that's under, you know, that's, we stated that for structural integration and, you know, I don't have it. I didn't open that document, but I mean, it's pretty defined from that point of view. 
Um, and we reference everything as a recognized school under IOSI back to IOSI. So we don't get like, you know, on paper, at least that's what we say. Um, that being said, when you have a different faculty who's passing on their practice and what they know, you get those nuances, right? Like what I was talking about with David with his elephant paw, or sometimes I want to call it bear paw. I feel like bear paw would be <laughs> a good description of David on some level, some bear energy. Um, or Peter, who's kind of like, he loves the nerves. He, he likes bringing the importance of the connection of the neural pathways with a connective tissue, with the fascia. Um, I definitely consider myself using all of that. Um, I think it's important. Jill really want, likes to bring how we listen, the attentive listening, um, skillful types of touch um, and bringing that, weaving that into the ethical piece, you know, and how we listen. Um, I have a background in movement in my own exploration. So I'm really doing a deep dive to kind of look at some of the classic patterning, right? And, and the history of where that comes from, but to bring it back into what I've learned in my own experience in movement and how to really bring more of myself into the classroom in my own experience. Um, um, yeah, so for me, that's really important. Um, I also do a lot of work with trauma, um, trauma, is does seem to be a big piece of my specialty and my practice and work how we work with trauma in the body. That's really important to me. I also do a lot of work around birth, so perinatal and postpartum work and supporting um, my clients who have had um, medical trauma in their birth process. That's also a really important piece and also working with babies because I, I do a lot of work with babies as well. And, you know, I also work with a lot of people with autoimmune and kind of chronic conditions. So that's another piece that, you know, is more my specialty. And I love structural integration because of the focus on connective tissue. And then from fascia, right, the different definitions of fascia, we can broaden that. And also having the ability to work and holism and the autopoiesis of the body, that people are self-healing and they have that ability. I think it's rare to run into practitioners. And this is why I do really like osteopathy and structural integration is that you have people who really have faith, if you will, or belief in the ability, the natural healing mechanisms of the body, that the client can heal themselves because they get into that nociception, right? Instead of yesiception um, experience with other practitioners. And when you have people who are skilled in what they do in the, the healthcare field and that bring um, holism and that level of listening, I, I feel like miracles almost happen. <laughs> That's what I would say. So this is, that's what I'm passionate about. You're starting to see my individuals feel a little bit. Yeah. And no, no, I like that. Um, and, and I'm not sure how this is going to come off as I word it, but I'll do my best, which is yeah. to say one of the things I, I, I like what you're saying or how I'm hearing it is that there is a, uh, almost a unification in difference. And that's to say that 
we have so all these schools and these ideas have similarities, but they're different, right? And without getting too basic, you can't have similarity without difference and vice versa. The two are implied together based on the definitions. Uh, and as I'm hearing it, because you have these four different figureheads that are, are both holding hand, holding one hand together and one hand reaching out somewhere else, there is a sense of uh, of information together, but also other bits, which one of the things that was came up to me earlier when 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 hearing uh, hearing you talk about something was this sense of like really you know no matter what school we go to like that's just the beginning and it's really a, 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 the opening of a door into what else can be and that one aspect one uh, possible benefit of this program is that you have in some way you have like four door four maybe they're smaller doors i mean it's, it's a metaphor but like you have four doors that are kind of always open of which you can move in and out of uh, the different rooms if that makes sense i i would say that you know like chaos theory if you remember it was a little bit more hot in the 90s to talk about chaos theory but when we talk about biodiversity and the importance like of biodiversity in the rainforest and different things in within chaos we find order that is part of like a biodiversity biological platform and because we are all living systems and we're living systems teaching this material it's going to find order within it's inherent within the system we don't have to we can have the container so let's say that's part of my job is the container holder and everything that's happening inside is kind of the mystery we don't really know. I mean, we've studied the human body for centuries, thousands and thousands of years, but we still don't really know <laughs> what it is or how it works. I mean, we can guess, we can use our hypotheses and kind of say that we understand it. But on another level, I don't really think we know. I mean, it's you know, it's kind of like walking with both of those all the time. And that's, to me, a really important part of the work. And every client that comes in is my teacher. The students are my teachers. They're going to show me something I don't know yet. They're going to mirror something that's going to be uh, wild and different and unique. And it's an opportunity for me to learn from them. So we're not really the teachers on some level. So just for, for time's sake, as I think we all do have hard stops, what would be the the takeaway or what, you know, if we had one last thing to express or one summation or whatever, what is it that while we have you here, you want to express or share? Um, I think the program that we created met something that Dr. Ida Roth wanted. She wanted to see structural integration in the university. She had that dream. So we were just making her dream come true. And secondly, we're just here to play and learn and have fun with each other and learn from each other. It's, it's an opportunity for us to evolve and grow in love and mutual respect. Here, here. More play would be a, a nice thing within, within all schools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know just for time's sake, we'll probably have to close it up, but I, I also have been hogging the mic a bit. Nikki, is there anything more you want to? hop in with no i think actually that closing um uh comment from you really does sum up 
I, I think what we're trying to capture is what, it, what are you doing and how is it different? And, um, and I think, yeah, thank you for how bringing the work into a university and bringing that level in and meeting Ida's wish. I think that's honorable and also acknowledging that it's, lack of a better word of a think tank for the work, but it is, it's cool that you've, you've brought in different um, teachers from different schools and all still coming together and collaborating, keeping true to, to the original work, but also probably illuminating some of the, the new, the new science that's come out of it, like the nerve work and, you know, bring, bringing more of the osteopathic. I mean, it's, I think, I think when you look at all the different schools, I mean, I been trained with the Dr. Ida Rolf Institute for now 20 something years and looking back of my original training and then being part of, you know, a teaching team, you know, in the last decade. And then also, I am in Boulder, so I do get a lot of students that come to receive work or do Rolf movement sessions with me, and I get to hear how it's, you know, what what are they being exposed to and everything like that. It it is, it does, the schools now are representing the new science that is supporting the work, And, and in that, of bringing in the science, but also bringing into individual creativity of, of the fun of like, how do we meet our clients and promote structural integration? And especially I think now we didn't really kind of dive into that, but you did speak to how, you know, one of um, David, David Davison says last name. Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Davis. Yeah. Coming in with his like, listening hands and coming from more of a liar or touch. Like I'm very passionate about that. Rolfing doesn't have to be painful. It's not, you know, necessarily back in the day where we're really kind of really pressing in and, you know, pinning our clients to the tissue or to the table that the work is very effective without having to, you know, bear down and take it that there is this approach of, you know, of the listening in being in that realm and creating work and change from a listening point of view rather than really diving deep into the tissue. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think that's really important. I mean, if we're not evolving with, um, you know, all of um, Dr. Schleip's work, all the research has come out with Helen Longhaven and everybody, like we know so much more about fascia. Remember, but like when you first started, like there was such a little sliver of what connective tissue was and what fascia is. And like, even with um, Carla, Carla um, Stucco's work, like we know so much more now and it, our, our touch should change. And I know, you know, this is a longer conversation, but you know, I wrote some articles in the IASI journal on my doctorate research in fibromyalgia. I did it because I had fibromyalgia and I healed through it with the slider touch, with the body work and with the movement. Like I couldn't have healed if I didn't have access to the fascial research and understanding inflammation and fascia and um, 
what kind of nutrition was required to support that, what kind of movement, what kind of hands-on work. And the heavy-handed work would have sent my nervous system through the ceiling at that point. But, you know, that's, I think it's an important piece. I mean, we have to adjust the work to support change in the system. Yeah, here, here. I mean, uh, one, one is just a quick side note. One of the things I've been developing in the last few months is how to actually do the work without touching people, and that'll be maybe a conversation for another time. But it's it's been pretty pretty fantastic at looking at how you actually can do SI without uh, without touch, um, and it's all about the nervous system. So uh, maybe that'll, that. yeah, maybe it'll be an elective course for your program. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> Zoom you in. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I love New Mexico. I'll come down. Are you kidding me? Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm open to it. Yeah, we're we're definitely going to be looking for more people once we get the. This is an interesting side note because of um, COVID. We actually have a, a hiring moratorium. We can't have anybody come in from out of state yet. Hmm. So when they lift that, which I never thought we'd still be here, but we are. Um, hmm. Then I finally can bring more, like I have some colleagues at Boulder who do want to come down and be just for the fun of it, right. To come play with these students. So I'm really hoping to open those doors wider soon. So yeah, we'll whoops. see how that could... My cat wanted yeah. to say hello. Hey cat. Meow. <laughs> Bamboo. Uh, all right. Well, well okay. awesome. uh, we, appreciate, we appreciate the cat coming to say goodbye. That was very nice. And um, <laughs> we appreciate your time and your knowledge and, um, yeah, we look forward to publishing this. Okay, thank you so much. It was really great to meet both of you. Thank I look you. Forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right, have a great day. Awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to us at Touching Into Presence. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. You can learn more about Kirsty at drkirsty.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate it if you'd leave a positive review of the podcast and subscribe to it through the platform of your choice. When you do this, it really helps other people find us, and we greatly appreciate your support. We look forward to hearing back from you and seeing you on our next conversation at Touching Into Presence. Thanks, and bye-bye.